Thank you for this life. Help us cherish every moment of this life. To live according to your will. To live it to the fullest. May you teach us how to live this life. May you bless my message. Enable me by speaking. Speak the truth in love, seasons, and do abundantly. And bless the sermon. May bless everyone watching. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Some recap, uh, recap from uh, uh, for last week. Uh, we talked about healing. And we know that God heals if He wills. And, and He will. So let's continue to pray for all those who uh, need healing. We can always appeal to His mercy and kindness. Uh, but sometimes we need to do our own duty. We have to take good care of our own body, observe, uh, observe Sabbath, good habits, work out, be healthy. And then we can learn from Simon's mother in law. We should serve. When we're healed, when we're well, we should use our life to bless God and bless people around us. All right? So let's come to today's passage. So after all the commotion, all the people gathering, the whole town swarming to his door, and Jesus took a break. Rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. So that word is similar as wilderness. So remember when Jesus, before he started his ministry, he was tempted 40 days and nights in the desert. He went back to that wilderness. Not the same desert, of course. This one is probably smaller, isolated place near Capernaum. But he found solitude alone, and he wanted to spend time with God. And there he prayed. Uh, Mark, the book of Mark only records three prayers from Jesus. Uh, no three prayers have to do with the crowd. At the three critical moments of his ministry, of his life, the first two prayers, he prayed after he fled from the crowd. This is the first time. Second time, he fed 5,000 people. Again, he got really popular, and, and he fled from that crowd and prayed. And uh, last time he prayed, he prayed and he went to meet the crowd, the crowd who will crucify him. Possibly the same crowd, the same crowd who held him as the Lord, the same crowd who shouted, crucify him. So three critical moments of his ministry, he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. That word searched means pursuing. They pursue after Jesus. They, they tracked him down. They, they want Jesus back, right? Because so many people wanted him. They wanted, they're so excited about this miracle worker. He healed so many people. He cast out so many demons. They want him back to do these things, to, be, to do things for them. Okay, so when they found Jesus and they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Kind of a little bit of hint of reproach. You know, what are you doing here? No. Everyone needs you. Why are you here alone? Okay. So this is not the first time Simon intrudes into Jesus' uh, uh, ministry. You know, this time it's just uh, some innocuous intrusion. But the next time, Simon actually either opposes Jesus and Jesus predicts 
his coming crucifixion. He rebukes Jesus. We're going to come back to this point. And he said to them, this is what Jesus said, let us go on to the next town, that I may preach to you also. For that is why I came out. So, different what people wanted him to do, Jesus had different priorities from God. The healing is not his priority. Because no matter how many times he heals people, eventually you're also going to get sick and die. Now all of us are going to die. So healing is not a purpose because everyone will die eventually. But proclaiming the kingdom of God, proclaiming eternal life through his crucifixion, through the forgiveness of God, that's a key message. That's a key mission of Jesus. That's God's priority. God's kingdom is God's priority. And God's priority is different, very, uh, very often different from our priority. So Jesus said, I have different priorities. I need to preach the kingdom of God in other places. And there he went. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. That's the end of today's passage. Today we want to talk about how do we, Jesus demonstrated leadership in this short pericope. He demonstrated true leadership. Uh, in line with God. So today we're going to talk about how do we lead like Jesus. How we lead like Jesus. This phrase sounds familiar, familiar because there's a book written with this title. Right, written by Ken Blanchard and uh, Bill Hodges. And I echo the author's sentiment. This is what Blanchard said. The more I read the Bible, the more evident it becomes that everything I've ever taught or written about effective leadership over the past 25 years, Jesus did to perfection. He's simply the greatest leadership role model of all time. So today we're going to learn how to lead uh, like our Lord Jesus. In his book, Venture mentioned something very interesting. He mentioned the, the, the greatest downfall in leadership is to leave God out, edging God out. When a leader gets popular, when he gets successful, quite often that he forgets about God. That he ages God out in his ministry, in his leadership. This can happen in church. This can happen in workplace. This can happen in families, in the schools. Right? And what's the consequences of leaving God out, of edging God out? You have two things. You have pride. And they are fear. And they are twins. They like each other. They are best friends sometimes. And if you have time today, uh, in the afternoon when you go home, read Genesis chapter 11. I'm not going through that one in this sermon. But read Genesis 11. Read the Tower of Babel. And you find out pride and fear, they go hand in hand together. And it happens when we don't have God in our life. So when we are pride, we think too high of ourselves. When we are fear, we are insecure. Right? These are natural consequences when we don't have God. They get proud, at the same time, they're full of fear because there's no God, there's no security. Okay, and a and, uh, further consequence of this kind of leadership without God is we tend to promote, either promote ourselves or protect ourselves. We tend to get defensive or we tend to get aggressive. So that's the downfall that Blanchard advises people to avoid. 
And here Jesus demonstrated what's the right thing to do when a leader gets popular, when a leader gets successful. What do you need to do? You need to go back to God. You need to find solitude with God. You need to find quiet time, time alone with God. Prayer seeking to discern and conform, conform to God's will is critical to leadership. Prayer seeking to discern and conform to God's will is critical to leadership. People surrounded Jesus, right? The whole town gathered at his door. He had become so popular. This is very early in his ministry. And he already gets so popular. He's seen as a miracle worker. He's seen possibly as a messiah, as the, the coming savior. And he's, he, you know, he has quite a, a good size of following already. And this is the first time he departed and went to the wilderness and spent time with God to discern, to see, to understand and conform, to obey what God's will is. And after that, he understands God has different priorities than what people have in mind. That's the first thing we can learn to be an effective and godly leader. And second principle kind of goes hand in hand with the first principle. Loyalty to God supersedes popularity with people. Loyalty to God supersedes popularity with people. Right? When they found him, they kind of rebuked, I mean, reproached him a little bit. Everyone's looking for you. Everyone needs you. We want your healing. We want you to cast out more demons for us. And Jesus said, well, sorry, I have a different priorities. That's why I'm not sent by God to do this. I'm sent by God to preach the kingdom of God, the coming kingdom, the eternal life, the coming judgment, the reward and the punishment. That's why I want to do. That's my main priority because that's God's agenda. And God's agenda is different from your agenda. Now, who is, who is reproaching Jesus here? This kind of, who's giving Jesus the pressure here? It's Peter. And this is not the first time he would do this. Second time he directly opposes Jesus when Jesus mentions his coming crucifixion. He rebukes Jesus. And remember what Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Satan means I'm the enemy of God. Now who is Peter? Who is Simon Peter? He's Jesus' number one disciple. He's, he's Jesus' most seemingly and supposedly the most loyal supporter of Jesus. And Jesus had to say no to him. Harry Truman, the 33rd president of the United States, once said, it takes one kind of courage to face a duelist, but it's nothing like the courage it takes to tell a friend no. You can see oftentimes political leaders are hijacked, kidnapped by their supporters. The supporters will impose their will on this leader. Hey, you're our leader. We selected you. We voted for you. You got to do what we want you to do. But a true leader must have the courage to tell people no, including his closest friends. When he knows, when he's convinced and convicted that it's God's will to do different than what people want. And that's important. When we lose God, when we edge God out, of our leadership, about everything, we lose. The last principle I want to talk today is we should lead like Jesus in all situations and relationships. Okay. 
This leadership, this kind of goes beyond the scope of the passage, but I want to mention this. The Jesus' leadership is, is applicable in all situations, in all relationships, even when you are not a leader. You can actually lead your leaders like Jesus. When you're a follower, when you're a child, when you're a subordinate, when you're a student, you can actually lead the people who use you. How do we do that? Now, in this book, again, uh, Blanchard mentioned when there's a EGO factor, aging out, aging God out factor in a relationship, things can turn sour. Actually, they can turn very bad. Now, L means the leader, F represents the follower. And in the workplace, leader usually is the superior, and followers are the subordinates. And when both sides leave God out in that relationship, they're full of pride and fear. And that can cause a lot of trouble. Now, Blanchard mentioned several scenarios. First, if the leader, if the boss is full of fear, and the subordinate, the employee, the follower is also full of fear, well, what happens? The suspicion. They're suspicious of each other. They don't trust each other. There's no mutual trust. And it can turn into a paralysis. Nothing gets done. Because I don't trust you, you don't trust me. You think I'm a threat? I think you're planning something against me behind my back. So the, it comes to a standstill. And the, the, the relationship is pretty toxic in this situation because both sides are full of fear. And if both sides are full of pride, then there will be conflict. I'm your boss. I know better than you. Well, yeah, well, you are my boss, but I think I know better than you. Right? So both sides are full of pride. And you get a lot of conflicts, a lot of competition. Now, if one side is full of pride and the other side is full of fear, then you have exploitation, right? The boss can abuse his power. An employee who is uh, uh, full of fear will let uh, the, the abuse happen. So they will be exploiting. And if the boss is full of fear but an employee is full of pride, then there will be manipulation, you know? We would, the, the follower would try to manipulate uh, their bosses, their superiors. So what Blanchard suggests, how do we fix this? Why to bring cost to relationship? Both sides have to demonstrate servanthood leadership, servant leadership. Both sides have to lay down their pride and fear and to invite God into relationship and to serve. And that's why we're using Blanchard's diagram you have to bring your cost into that difficult relationship. Cost is a solution to all difficult relationships. If you are in a difficult situation right now, in school, in family, in workplace, maybe there's a cost that God wants you to bear. Maybe there's a cross God wants you to bring into that difficult situation. Bring a cross meaning to live, to live and to lead like Jesus. And this is what Jesus said later in the book of Mark. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So how do you lead your leaders? You serve them or her. You find out what they need, and you lay down your pride, and you serve. So about, I think I mentioned this before. I apologize if you heard this twice. You know, about, I guess, 15 years ago, 
10, 15, 20 years ago when I was uh, uh, working for uh, uh, a software company here. Now I was, uh, my title was like senior product analyst and I want to change the title, I want to be promoted. So I went to my boss and say, you know, I, 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 you know about this possible promotion. And my, my, my senior manager said, I'm not gonna promote you. And then he start, started lashing out all these things he's not happy with me. And I realized, man, I really fell short of his expectation. So I started, it's a, it's a, it's a humbling experience. So I went back to my desk, thought about it, and started to do things he told me, the things he's not happy about. I start to think, not what I want, but what he wants, what my boss wants, what my superior wants. And I, start to, I started to fulfill those needs. Now soon enough, two, three months, the relationship improved a lot. And eventually, I think within a year or something, he promoted me. He gave me, he gave me the manager title I wanted. Actually, we, we, became, uh, we became friends, and he came to my wedding, actually. So how to solve a difficult situation? We have to take initiative. We have to lead. We have to lead like Jesus. How do we lead like Jesus? We become servant leaders. We become a servant. We think about how to serve the other person, how to serve our boss, how to serve the leader, how to serve our follower. I think this applies both things. Now, as a child, as a children, you can demonstrate leadership over your parents. Do you believe that? You can actually lead your parents. If you are like Jesus, you can lead. I think one good example is, if I, I hope uh, she doesn't mind, is Carolyn here? Yeah. Carolyn is the first one baptized in her family. And she led her parents to accept Jesus too and to be baptized. She demonstrated that leadership. Now, how, why, why would they listen to Carolyn? I don't know, I didn't ask for details. But I assume my parents knew Carolyn loved them. They know Carolyn loves them. And because of that love, they believe what Carolyn says about Jesus. And they became Christians. They were baptized. We can demonstrate leadership. We can lead people, even including our superiors, our parents, with the love of Christ. My parents were not Christians when I be first became Christian. And it took me a long time to lead them in their faith. But I did that by noticing their needs, by showing the difference, by loving them. And eventually they agreed. And eventually God worked in their life. God demonstrated himself in their lives. So they came to tr see truly God lives and exists and is evident in their life. So they came to faith. My whole family came to Christ eventually. Friends, demonstrate leadership in all situations. Kenny, you can have an impact on your father, you know. You can lead your father in faith. You can demonstrate that. Through love, 
and service. Now, I want to give you a challenge to the community. After a long day, after your parents come home, try and say to them, hey, Dad, how's your day today? Is there anything I can pray for you? Have you ever said that to your parents? Why don't you try that one time and see how they respond? You may see tears coming out. You never know. <laughs> Lay down your pride. Lay down yourself and serve. And that's what Jesus did. That's what our Lord does. And he expects us to do the same. That's how we become leaders. By becoming lower. By becoming a servant. By stooping down. By dying to self. When we die to ourselves, then we truly live. That's the secret of the gospel. That's the secret of the kingdom of God. Lead like Jesus in all situations and relationships. Bring cross into everything you do. Bring cross into that difficult situation. Human relationships are often reciprocal. The other party, unless he or she is really truly evil, extremely evil, but, but usually people are not like that. When they see goodwill and love and service from you, they will respond. They reciprocate. So give it a try. Give it a try. And if you've done all you can and the situation is still not improving, hey, I trust that God will reward you for your effort. I trust that God will find a way out for you. But before that, do God's work. Discern God's work. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. All these things that you desire, you want, will be given to you. That's the end of this message. Let's pray. Father God, we, we want to be good leaders. We want to take initiatives in all of our relationships, our family relationships, our social relationships, our work relationships, our relationships with friends with, in school, with classmates. In all situations and relationships, we want to live like you. And we want to lead like you. So give us that servant heart. Help us die to ourselves. Help us die to our pride. And remove our fear. May we never edge you out in everything we do. May we always have you in our life. May we always discern and conform and obey your will in whatever we do. In whoever we hang out with. In whatever situations we find ourselves in. May we always have you. May you help us. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you are home, if you're attending this online, it's this time you bring out your, 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 your bread and cup. We're going to have communion right now.
for people who are here, if you have been baptized, uh, please join us. If you have not been baptized, uh, we pray that you'll join us in the future. I pray that you'll get baptized and you join us to partake this holy meal. Now, uh, Rongrong is going to play some music for us. And uh, as he plays, just reflect on the message, on the work that Christ has done for you on the cross. And when our hearts are ready, let's receive the communion together. Thank you, Rongrong. Night when our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread 
After giving thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake his body together. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup and said, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father God, eating and drinking is actually so important. Adam and Eve ate the wrong thing, and the rest is history. And now we're eating the right thing. We're eating your life. We're eating the blood of new covenant. And this new covenant is forever effective because it's made and sealed with your blood. Make us servant leaders, Lord. Give us servant hearts. May we demonstrate your love in everything we say and everything we do. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. In your precious name, amen. Thank you, Tim. It looks like he's uh, helping collecting the communion um, cups. And so thank you for your servanthood, your servants. Uh, let's stand as we uh, close in um, the worship songs, and uh, we'll pray for the offering. <clears throat> Dear Lord, I thank you once again for uh, providing for us, and I thank you for those who have the means um, and uh, the resources to, to tithe, Lord. And I pray uh, that you help us to be cheerful giver and that we know that we always give you the first fruit of everything that you've given us because you give us everything. So help us um, uh, to be more outward thinking and uh, knowing that you provide everything for us. And may you bless the offering. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, Jeremy kind of closed the sermon with the message around seek ye first. And in Matthew 6, uh, verse 33, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Yeah.
seated. Okay, now I'm going to church matters. Uh, youth Sunday School is happening every Sunday at 10 in the morning. So if you're not attending and you're a youth, you should attend. Our fellowships, um, if you are interested in joining any of them, please let us know. These are the groups that we have and the times that we meet. We have prayer every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. over Zoom. Um, so we pray for the world, the church, and each other. And say after service because it's first, I mean, it's communion, so that means we have pizza. Um, yes, we have lots of pizza. And the children ministry are, will be joining us today, too. Let's uh, stand, pray for uh, Commander Sini, and receive the benediction. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for gathering all your people, uh, all your saints together to uh, worship you. And Father, uh, as to get together as a community, as people, and as disciples of Jesus, we lift up uh, Pastor Sini to you. We pray for um, his body. We pray for uh, his spirit, and we know that, God, you are the creator of his whole being. You know what he needs. You are his provider. You are his cornerstone. You are his shelter, and you provide everything in this life for him. And, Father, you truly know the prayers from the depth of his heart and that of uh, Sharon Shimu. So we lift them both to you. We lift them into your comforting, gracious, and loving hands. And we pray together as a community of faith that, Father, we affirm that you can, and we pray that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's receive a benediction from the scripture. May the God himself the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And may you go out today to love God and to love others as yourself and to lead like Jesus. Amen. Service adjourned, but stay for pizza.